If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. From the After 9 Podcast Studios, this is the award-winning After 9 with Scott and Kat. Well, no curfew. <laughs> <laughs> there is no curfew. No curfew. And that's good. I'm glad that there's not going to be a curfew. Yeah. How you doing, guys? Welcome to another edition of After 9. Today, as we record, is the 12th of January. And it came down yesterday that the province is not going to impose a curfew on Ontarians yet. It's not going to happen yet. But it is coming. You think so? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think... We have a bad habit, and we have since the beginning of this pandemic. Maybe it's human nature. I don't know. But we have a very bad habit of being very in the moment and very reactionary. We see numbers going up, and we start thinking, ah, fuck, holy shit, we got to do this and do that and shut this down and close that. Mm-hmm. And, and, I mean, that's all well and good, but we're not even at the peak. We know that the second wave is going to get worse. Those Christmas gatherings – We're starting to see them now. But those Christmas gatherings also had a two-week period there before those people knew they were sick where they infected other people. This is a vicious cycle that's probably going to go on, let's be honest, until the end of February. And you add into it the fact that the Super Bowl is coming up in just a few weeks. That is one of the biggest gathering times of the year. We've got the family day long weekend in a month. This is going to keep going. For a very long time. Now, the good news is we have, oh, no, it's not good news. And no, we don't have vaccines. Okay, scrap that. <laughs> we don't have any vaccines. <clears throat> yeah. Where the fuck are the vaccines? I I don't know. I don't know. Um, I know there's a long wait. We spoke to a couple of people um, where we are that are you know on wait lists. And I think that's going to continue to be a trend for many, many months. I don't know if you've done this online calculator yet, because they do have an online tool to give you a, an idea based on your own situation, based on what you do for a living, based on your age, etc. When you could get a vaccine in Canada. And I took it yesterday um, and it seems as though, according to this, now I can click essential worker, but can I just say, I feel bad doing that. Yes, I am an essential worker, but I'm not frontline. I don't, I still don't see very many people. So I think it's so unfair that I would have to bump ahead of other people who, who are seeing more people every single day in retail locations, for example, over me. I don't think that would be fair at all. Not that I want to get it at all, but anyway, if I did, I wouldn't do that. So I clicked off essential, that said. And it said with non-essential, with my age and my risk factor basically put in there, that August, September is my timeline for a vaccine, realistically. People have such a short memory. Such a short memory. Doesn't anybody remember back at the end of November, I believe it was the conservatives who said, Canada's at the back of the line for vaccines. We're at the very back because we bet on this vaccine out of China and that vaccine didn't pan out. But it was much later than most other countries that we bought in on the Moderna and the Pfizer and the AstraZeneca and the Oxford one and all that sort of shit. We bought in late and we bought a lot of them. 
but we were late. And that's why America has got so many freaking vaccines. That's why Israel has got so many in their country vaccinated. And we haven't even scratched the surface. The vaccines that we have right now were a last minute Hail Mary pass to try and get some vaccines in some arms in December to try and cover up for the fact that we were late on all this shit. That story from two months ago is not fictitious. You're not mishearing this information. We were late. And that's why there's no vaccines. That's why in New York. Did you see what they're doing in New York today? Uh, No. What is today? Today, they're beginning phase 1B of their vaccination program. They've got so many vaccines in New York that they have moved on to the second phase. So as of today, first responders, including fire, police and support staff, correction officers, teachers and staff from kindergarten to grade 12, college instructors, grocery store workers, child care providers, public transit workers, homeless individuals, and those working in homeless shelters can all get their shot as of today in New York. We're not even close. We haven't even finished doing the hospital staff, let alone the paramedics, and then down to the long-term care home residents, and so on and so forth. We're really, really, really far behind here, guys. They were also really, really shit positions. New York City was one of the worst hit. They should get on it. They should be doing that. I'm glad to see that because their numbers are atrocious, A. B, there's a ton of people. Like, you go by the numbers, sure. But do you know how many people they have to vaccinate there? Like you vaccinate New York City the same amount of people that you'd need to vaccinate, like, same amount for the entire province of Ontario. They mm-hmm. need those vaccines. Badly. Sure they do. Yeah, we've got 14 and a half million people in Ontario, and there's only just over 100,000 people vaccinated so far. Uh, That was our allocation from that initial shipment that came in in December. And now, I mean, there is public health units just sitting on their thumbs waiting for another shipment to come in. And as soon as those come in, they're going to be dispensed. I know that there's a a few areas that have started doing long-term care homes. And can I just say, thank God. Thank God, because here's how I see this playing out. While I do think that we are going to be in this for a very long time, and I do think the numbers are going to get worse before they start to get better, uh, I, I think that that curfew is still probably on the table, just not right now. It's just they can't throw it out there yet when we know the numbers are still climbing as badly as they are. Save that so that people don't get as much COVID fatigue. That's an extra tool. I do think, though, that come the warmer months, like maybe after March break, It's going to be not as much of an issue because you're going to have most of the long-term care residents vaccinated. And that's where majority of the deaths are happening, seniors and long-term care residents. And that's not to say that those are the only victims. 5,000-plus Ontarians have died already. However, if we can vaccinate the entire group that's most vulnerable, which is possible in this first quarter, then I think we're in really, really good shape. And once the death toll goes down, it won't do anything about new daily infections, but it will also won't have that same impact on our hospital system, which apparently the modeling data that they're going to put out today says that by the end of this month, we will be at critical mass in our ICUs and for ventilators. Mm -hmm. Critical mass, meaning uh, they're going to have to make some tough choices. Sure. And that's no, nobody should have to make that choice. And, that, and it sucks that they even have to be put in that position, which is the whole reason for the do everything you're supposed to do. But I mean, whatever. Not a lot of people did. That's the reality of it in terms of sticking to what you're supposed to be doing, um, especially over Christmas. And that's we're just kind of seeing the results of that. I'm not too surprised by it. But I mean, no, I, I totally agree with you. 
with that when it comes to the vaccinations, you know, the old people, the frontline workers that work for those people and and then hospital workers, as long as we get those, that should at least alleviate where the hospital is at, which will help us out and at least ease some restrictions as we continue to vaccinate. So the hope, I think, is by the spring, we at least see an, uh, uh, the deaths drop a little bit, and that'll help to ease restrictions and ease restrictions more and more and more. And then eventually people who want to get the vaccine, it would, should just be an option for people who are not under all those categories. And if you want to get it, get it. Great. Wonderful. I totally agree. Um The vaccine thing just frustrates me. But anyway, here's where this is the situation, right? I mean, coulda, shoulda, woulda, we should have, could have, and we definitely need them, but we didn't. And now we just have to live with the situation we're in. I do think it's weird that Toronto is turning the Metro Toronto Convention Center into a mass vaccination clinic. Well, what the hell is it being used for now anyway? You might as well. There's no conventions. They might as well do something with it. You're right. But it's just kind of weird that... Uh, that place we go for the auto show, for the Comic-Cons uh, and everything else. It's Comic-Con, yeah. Now they're handing out COVID vaccines? Yeah. Uh, different take. But hey, good on them. Uh, Toronto is calling for a full-blown spring-style lockdown. That was John Tory's message yesterday because he says people are still just not staying home. Mm-hmm. Would you be in favor of a full-blown lockdown knowing that they say two weeks, but we know it won't be two weeks. They said a couple of weeks last spring and it went on for two months. Would but- you be okay with them saying, you know what? John Tory's right. Fuck it. Shut her all down. But when you say that, what do you mean by full blown lockdown? Do you mean the essential stores are closing too? What do you mean by that? Every well, everything that was closed in the spring would be closed again. So right now we've got non-essential businesses closed. But I feel like that list of non-essential businesses is uh, shrinking a little bit because it seems like there's a lot of people still working at their actual workplace, not working from home. So maybe they do have to shut down the offices and say, sorry, you've got to work from home. Maybe they do need to shut down everything that is open with the exception of the essential stores. And yes, there's going to have to be some big box stores open. Don't start again with the Costco and Walmart bullshit. I've already had more people this morning message me about it. Ah, They shouldn't be open. Uh, Think what you want, but if you don't like it, just don't go there. Uh, I... uh Okay, so when it comes to this full-blown lockdown last spring, right? Spring 2020 lockdown style. People think, people like maybe even John Tory assumes, it worked that time, let's do it again, guys. That was a different time. Like, that truly was a different time. We knew so little. And now the people who do know things have questions. And I don't blame them. I have them, too. Like, I'm still trying to figure out how these reduced essential fucking hours that apparently we're going into makes any sense at all. How are we cramming? Like, I don't see any scientific reason for why we need to do that. Isn't it just going to cram more people in less amount of time and you're going to have more people waiting in lines? Doesn't that make it worse? But anyway, little things like that. We're starting to question. People don't have that same attitude. People are a lot of people that were scared spring 2020. Guess what? We're not we're not afraid anymore. Now we're starting to ask questions. And now, yes, there's still a little bit of rebellion around it. Um, and and they're not as as afraid and, and want to just hide in their homes. That's not the way it is. It's not the same people you're dealing with. These people have changed. Yes, there are some that will take it absolutely seriously and they are still scared. And maybe they are among those vulnerable and that sucks. And having to lock themselves in their home seems like the best option for them. But there's some people who want to decide to choose what they want to do. No, fuck that. I'm going to go out and do this still. I'm going to see my friends. I'm going to go see family. I'm going to do this. There's people that have been doing that the entire time. But I do think we're just living in a different time now. We really are. The 2020 spring us is not going to be the same 2021 spring us. 
And I, I don't see it having the same result. It will help. And as those vaccines come into play, that will help too. But guys, we're going to have a shitty 2021. The first half of shitty. it. Let first, the first half at least. I think yeah. it, like, if we, we don't realize that, like the people who I think are living on this cloud of like 2021 is here, everybody. It's a fucking number on a calendar. It's, it doesn't mean anything. It's going to be a shitty year. And we're not even scratching the surface of what the end result of COVID is gonna, going to be like for businesses, for people, for job laws, for foreclosure. It's going to suck. And I don't mean to be pessimistic. I'm sorry, but that's the truth is that it is going to be shit. But Hang in there. You do you as long as you're not hurting other people. Do your best to abide by the rules. And if if they do a full-blown lockdown, again, I'm just not sure it's the same. It's going to be the same effect as it was last year. And that's exactly why they're not doing the curfew right now. By the way, this was totally on the table. They can say it wasn't on the table. We weren't considering it. That's nonsense. It was on the table. It was a serious consideration. What? No, I'm saying that would be horseshit if they said it wasn't. No, it's totally on the table. They were totally going to do it. It's just public health said now's not the right time. And public health is right. We're going to need that curfew probably in about two weeks because the numbers are going to get crazy. This modeling data that comes out today says the ICUs are going to be overwhelmed by the end of this month. That's when they've got to put that curfew into place. But they can't do everything too soon because people don't give a shit, like Kat just said. And it is what it is. They're managing public perception as well as a pandemic at the same time. Uh, Why are gas prices so high? Do you have any idea what what the fuck is going oh, on I don't now? Know. I don't know. Why is it a dollar ten a liter? Last lockdown, we were down in like the seventies. You know, it all depends on whatever excuse in the moment. That's what I feel like because we've talked about this so many times over the last many years, right? When gas prices fluctuate and the reasons for it, and I feel like it's always just whatever excuse they have in the moment. Like, well, you know, the, something, some kind of a truck over here in Saudi Arabia stopped working, so that's why gas price. Like, what? What the fuck are you talking about? So I really don't know. I don't know the answer. I don't know. I don't like paying that price right now. I don't. But yeah. But why can't there just be a transparent system? Why can't there just be a scale? Why can't it be like it used to be? We used to know that the price of oil is, say, 60 bucks U.S. per barrel. And as the price goes up per barrel, the price of gas goes up and vice versa. We got on this weird system of five, ten years ago where it's impossible to predict now unless you're some sort of an insider. And the gas stations don't even agree. I mean, at the beginning of the day when everybody's going out and presumably has to fill up their car, you get those real high gas prices. But we all know that there's those gas stations out there that drop their price at night. And case in point, I had to go out last night to get milk. I looked at one gas station and gas was $1.10 a liter. I drove by it to another gas station attached to Loblaws and it was 99 cents. Like, is gas supposed to be $1.10 or is it supposed to be 99 cents? Is one taking a loss or is one making a massive profit? What's going on? Why can't there be just a little bit of consistency and a lot more transparency? It's very frustrating. So if you're freaking out about that, I hear you. Uh, Quickly here, before we get to the DMs that came in after yesterday's fiasco of a podcast, uh, Twitter says they've suspended more than 70,000 accounts that were sharing QAnon content since Friday following the deadly siege on the U.S. Capitol last Wednesday. It also limited accounts that engaged with them and have deployed technology to surface potentially harmful tweets for urgent human review. Why is... I heard a great analogy yesterday. Somebody pointed out to me. Basically, Twitter is 
giving birth to their own competition. Because you know that the people who are members of QAnon or that are just members of the 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 Trump uh, movement or whatever, you know that they're not just going to say, oh, Twitter blocked me, so I guess they're right. I should change my ways. They're just going to find other ways to communicate that aren't as public. Like, don't you kind of want to keep an eye on these people? That That's what I don't understand what the end game here is in blocking all of these accounts. <laughs> Okay, I don't, I don't know. I feel like it, and this is the pickle they're in, I think, is if you block one, you got to block all of them. Right. Right? Or you leave it all, and you, and you don't block any. But you uh-huh. don't want to do that for your own reasons. So you have to go that route of let's block every, absolutely everybody we can. Because if not, we're going to get shit on for not doing it. I think it worse than they would if they let it, right? If they, if they let things go, people get more pissed off than if they block everybody. So they'd rather block. Okay, but there's a, 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 a very loud movement over there, right or wrong. It's a very loud movement and a big one and also growing, by the way, that have certain political beliefs or certain beliefs about the pandemic or whatever. And you're just silencing them. But that doesn't mean they changed their opinion or that they went away. That just no. forces it underground to communicate. And I would think even from a surveillance standpoint, they would want to know what the other side is thinking. Yeah. It just seems like very counterintuitive to me. Yeah, How yeah, long Twitter now? Isn't, Twitter doesn't run that. That's not what they're there for. It's You can't blame Twitter because you can't have freedom of speech. Twitter is an option. Yeah, it's one of the great ways of getting your voice out there. But there's many different ways to get your voice out there. You can't blame Twitter because they decided on the rules and regs. You can't blame a company for, for doing that. It's your option to be on there or not be on there. They aren't They aren't these only way that we get speech across in this world, Facebook, LinkedIn, whatever the fuck you choose to use, that's not the only way to get it out. So you can't sit there and blame and yell at Twitter or whatever it is. Isn't it YouTube that still, by the way, is allowing Trump to post on there or has that ended now? I I don't know, to be honest with you. I think YouTube was the last one standing if it's not already banned all of his content, but his content was still on there. Just as an example, that was YouTube's choice. That is YouTube's choice to do. That's fine. But I think it's up to those companies. And if people want to react to that and say, well, fuck you, Twitter, or fuck you, okay, then don't be on it. Find another way. But good luck finding another way. And I, I, I understand you get into like a weird category of like, well, it's freedom of speech. We're like, this person's allowed to talk about this, but they can't talk about that. It, it, it's weird, but there's other ways to, 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 to do it. I just think that they're going to create other ways. And, and those sure other ways, will. I mean, Right now, I can engage in a conversation on social media with someone who feels that uh, the vaccine isn't safe. And I can say to them, well, I do believe it's safe, and here's why. But if all those anti-vaxxers all of a sudden get kicked off all these platforms, where did they go? And what are they saying down there? And what are they planning on this new platform that we the, the, the other people are not a part of? There's going to be no balance to the conversation. You're going to have one side talking to one side only and the other side talking to their side only. And everybody gets each other all fired up. Eventually, it's going to come to a head. I, I, I don't know if what Twitter and, and LinkedIn and Facebook and all these platforms, I don't know if what they're doing is actually going to make the world a safer place. I'm really not sure. I guess only time will tell. But it seems like a fairly uh, dangerous precedent to set when things are as amped up as they are. Uh, Tough position to be in for everybody, for sure. Speaking of which, it's funny. I got some really, really good reaction to yesterday's podcast. And yes, we did go off a little bit. If you didn't hear the premiere of season four yesterday, it's out. Uh, Season four, episode one came out yesterday. 
And it's amazing to me that some people heard that conversation that we had and thought, wow, Scott, you're defending Donald Trump. And then other people heard the exact same conversation and accused me of being part of the left wing media conspiracy that's trying to cover up the election results. It's crazy that people heard the exact same conversation but took two totally different things from it. Mm -hmm. And really all I tried to do was be balanced in that. I really did just try and, and provide a little bit of context for why the people who are angry are angry. Do you support th- Trump? Do I support Trump? Yeah, I'm I just going to ask tr- you point blank. Like, do okay. you support Trump? Well, how do you feel? It's not a yes or no answer. But what I'll tell you is I support the office of president. I think the president deserves respect, and I think that they do deserve a benefit of the doubt, whoever the president is. And yes, I will say the same thing about Joe Biden, just like I did with Obama. So I respect the office of the president. What I do support is transparency. And I don't think it's responsible to not acknowledge that there are millions of people that feel like that election was rigged. And I think somebody needs to come out and say, Here's why you're wrong to feel that way and offer concrete proof or the people who feel like it was fixed have a responsibility to come out and say, here's the proof that it was or shut up. But somebody needs to have some assurance that what happened in that election was legit. And until they have that, we're going to keep having this problem. And it's going to be very, very hard for Joe Biden. Joe Biden's walking into a shitstorm. I mean, you'd think if you own, if you have all three levels of government, you'd be in good spot. I shouldn't say he's got the Supreme Court, but he kind of does. Yeah. If you have all of them, though, you should be in a good spot. And, and I don't think he's going to be because there's still millions of people that haven't seen the proof one way or the other that the election was legit people, or the election was rigged. That's the kind of thing that people will get over, though. And I think Joe Biden actually isn't in a horrible spot when we look back on it in the big picture, because there's going to be nowhere to go up for this country. Like there's going to be nowhere to go. Sorry, but up for this country. Right. <laughs> well, it's not necessarily wrong. Yeah. Like he'll go in and he'll it'll when you look back on history, it'll look like he went in with a mop and bucket and cleaned it up and everything will be better. You know, unless shit really hits the fan worse. And I don't like Scott. I think we're at the bottom here. I don't think that it can get any worse. So I actually think he's in a good spot. It's funny, actually. I was watching uh, MSNBC yesterday and I usually don't. But I uh, remind me to tell you about the IPTV. So I usually don't. But I was watching MSNBC yesterday and they actually had a really good point. They said, you know, a year ago we thought we were at rock bottom. We thought it can't get any more divided than it is right now. Hold my beer, 2021. Boom. The Capitol gets invaded. Uh, Now, here, you know, I'll read you a story that I had this morning on our FM radio show on 91.5 The Beat. The FBI is warning of plans for armed protests at all 50 state capitals and in Washington in the days leading up to Joe Biden's inauguration. There are fears of more violence after last week's deadly siege at the U.S. Capitol. The chief of the U.S. National Guard Bureau says they are making sure the guards in every state are in close coordination with local law enforcement. So while it may seem like last Wednesday was as low as they can go, I suppose it still could get worse. I just really hope that cooler heads prevail because I'd really like to move on from this. You know, things were better when we could have a much more civil discussion without all the name calling and blah, blah, blah. But unfortunately, the the events of the last week have really created a divide. It's it's fucked up, really, to be honest with you. It is. 
you had an interesting idea this morning on our radio show. I don't have young kids anymore. I don't. They're a little bit older. But I do have a new puppy. <laughs> and, and Kat made the suggestion that I could probably exploit my dog, Charlie, to get money from my friends in that – for all the money that, that I'm makes shelling me sound out, so bad. All I'm saying is, when we brought up weddings and we brought up things, and you were complaining about having to, you know, send money now or go to the weddings, or go to the baby showers, or whatever, contribute to it in some way or another. I said, well, you kind of have something new in your life. You could celebrate that too. Why not? No, you're absolutely. You're a goddamn genius, okay. is what you are. So now, what we're going to do is the puppy shower. The puppy shower. For all the money that I'm shelling out for friends that are getting married, and at my age, most of my friends are on their second marriage, fine. Uh, For all the money that I've got to shell out for weddings and the people who are having kids, and then there's the fucking showers and the first communions and the baptisms and all that shit. Where's my chance to make money? Where's my chance? When am I going to get all that money back? Charlie's your chance, buddy. Charlie. Charlie's my chance. We're holding a good old-fashioned dog shower. It's a new puppy, and obviously you've got to shower the the new arrival with gifts, just like you would for a baby. I'm not having any more kids, but, so let's celebrate the fucking dog. But it's a bigger pain in the ass than all your friends could ever imagine, because not only do they have to shower your fucking puppy, you got to make them go on Zoom or FaceTime, whatever you want to do. Choose your avenue. you got to make them show up for your puppy in the flesh, virtually. So, yeah, you're going to come to this fucking puppy shower virtually. Come on over and mm-hmm. look at my puppy. Here it is. Yeah. I'm just going to hold the dog up in front of my laptop and be like, hey, here's the fucking dog. It's cute, isn't it? Great. Send me gifts. How horrible would that be to be invited to a puppy shower right now where you can't? Like, the, the best part of going to see someone's puppy is actually being able to cuddle the puppy. Like, mm-hmm. don't show me that on video and tell me I can't cuddle it. That's so rude. But this is the way it has to be done, Kat. We don't want a super spreader of any kind. So we have a virtual dog shower. You can e-transfer gifts or you can go on over to uh, renspets.com or something like that. Pick out a cute little new outfit if that's the route you want to take. Or some bones or treats. Little cute little new leash. Have yourself a little. Can you put Can you put a registry on online for us for pets? If you can, if you can, I'm going to phone uh, Renz or PetSmart or somebody Wherever. today and suggest it. Wherever, yes, do it. Set it up, and then you send out like an e invite, and then make people go. Is this for real? And then you're like, Yeah, it's for real. You get your ass on there, and you send me something. Uh-huh. Good idea, right? This is going to be the way that I con all my friends into getting back some of that shit that I've given them over the last few years as well. You know, like. Fuck, somebody's eventually you got to pay the piper here. So I've given you all this money for all these showers and communions and baptisms. Now, now, now it's my turn. Or I got to get married. And I don't think they want to deal with that shit. So <laughs> it, you guys can pick your poison here. You can either come to my goddamn dog shower or I'll have to get married again. One or the other. But you guys pick and let me know what we're doing. Either way, PayPal, Venmo, e transfer, whatever you want to do. But you're going to have to pay up. This is all there is to it. <laughs> Can you imagine? I love it. I'd be livid I if one of my buddies it. sent me an invite to a dog shower. <laughs> I love it. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? 
Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Uh, did you see the beef jerky Valentine's Day present that is being promoted now from Jack Links? Uh, the beef jerky promotion, is this <clears throat> the box? It's a hairy box for Valentine's Day. Why, why, why do they do this? Like, is it, like, it doesn't seem like it is trying to appeal to females. Is this appealing to guys? Right? I think so. Uh, Kat, I mean, if you offer a hairy box to a guy for Valentine's Day, that could go one of two different ways, right? Yeah. It just seems like this is, obviously, this is just a way to get talked about. So good for, good for them. That's, that's a way. That's a way to do it. And you're, and it's working right now. So great. Mm -hmm. But it's, uh, it's, uh, it's kind of dumb. Yeah. It's Jack Link's beef jerky. They're offering a heart-shaped box that is filled with beef jerky for Valentine's Day. And the box itself is covered in hair. Someone spotted it at a Target in America. It says, Love Struck by Cupid, original Jack Link's beef jerky. I guess you're supposed to give this to somebody for Valentine's Day and, and, and hope that they're happy with a hairy box. Is it actually called the hairy box? Like, is that what they called it? Or are people just saying it's a hairy box? Well, that's essentially what it is. I, I don't think Jack Links is referring to it as uh, the hairy box, but okay. it's it's a big hairy box. You know what? If you look at the feature image from this podcast today, <laughs> you can it's see a big hairy box. It's a big hairy box. <laughs> it is. You know the what? There's a lot. He's good, though. Uh, the, the jerky's great. The jerky's great. Oh, and Jack Links has done a very good job at it. Yeah. There's some places that are selling <laughs> what they call, I'm not going this far, but what they call craft jerky. Uh, okay, fine. I mean, call it whatever the fuck you want. It's delicious. It's great. But the, the box, I think, is what's drawing attention here. Right. It is, by the way, and one has nothing to do with the other. This is just an awkward segue. It's Veganuary now. I'm sorry, come again. Now, how come I don't know about this and I have one of those? Vajanuary is when girls are supposed to let the their pubic hair grow out. Why Why are they supposed to do this? Because it's cold. I guess every now and again, it's no, good to no, not. No woman in the history of vaginas has ever been like, I'm fucking cold. I shouldn't have shaved last night. It must be because my vagina is bald. Like that is the that is so ridiculous. <laughs> Isn't there something to be said for every now and again it's good to let your hair grow out? Oh, that's I mean to each their own. To each their own, sure, I guess if you if you want to do that. Like absolutely, but I it's not a thing. Who's saying Listen, it? you know, if, it's if, not a thing. We got to stop doing this with the Januarys and the things and the, nobody's doing that. I agree that nobody's doing Jelina, but that was the other alternative. You can do Vajanuary or Jelina if you want to participate in a one month, a year, let your hair grow out down there. Uh, maybe you'll discover you like that better than your current situation. Maybe you like it. Uh, maybe it makes you appreciate shaving more often. I don't know why people do the stupid shit that they do, but this is just one of the things that's an option for you well, if sure. you want to do it. It's an option. It, you know what I would do, too? And I haven't gotten my nails done in many, 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 many months now, almost a year, because what I would usually do is not do my nails to let my nail beds grow, to let all that go. In January. So after Christmas was done, that's it. I didn't go get my nails professionally like done and spend a lot of money on them and shave them because you basically have to shave your nails down. That's what I would do for the first couple of months of the year. So I suppose it could be the same kind of thing if you if you want to grow your hair out down there. I suppose. It's uh is that something you should discuss in advance with your partner, or are you just gonna surprise them halfway through the month Ooh, like, hey, looky here?
Great question. I mean, I, I don't know. To each their own. And how does that surprise go over? Like, oh, oh, when you said you had a surprise, I thought it was like a PS5 or something. I didn't realize we were doing this, but okay. <laughs> Can you imagine if a guy thought he was getting a PS5 and it turned out to be a hairy vatch? <laughs> surprise! <laughs> Wild. Just I, by the way, I just feel discriminated against when you're lasered and that there's no option for you there. You can. Yeah, what are they doing as, for you? You can try as hard as you want. It ain't happening. Really? Like even if you use like <sighs> Rogaine or, nope. or nothing is going to make that hair grow? <sighs> nope. Still not happening. <laughs> <laughs> you got to get fucked over, don't you? All your friends are like, I'm celebrating for January. How long is yours? You're like, nope. Let's talk about something else. <laughs> oh, that's great. Uh, can we talk about what an idiot Victoria from The Bachelorette, the Bachelor is for a second? Yeah. So, the, you know, The Bachelor has no shortage of, uh, can I, <sighs> I'm trying to be, because there's some smart women on there, actually, usually, that come on. There's a few of them that you're like, wow, they seem really put, well put together. They seem educated. Those are the ones that make it to the end, right? You could already pick out a handful of women that are going to go all the way to the end of that show because they actually have a head on their shoulders. Mm -hmm. Then there's going to be a few stragglers that are kept around for the drama. And I think producers actually do kind of push the bachelors and bachelorettes like, come on, just another couple weeks because this is great drama for us. And they probably are like, okay, fine. Fuck it. Like, why not drag them along? Right. I know which ones I'm into. I just kind of ignore the other ones, but let them stay on for the purposes of the show. Is that the case with some of the chicks that got into a fight last night? Well, yes. So one thing I will say is, and I'm in an awkward spot here because I did watch The Bachelor last night and Cat PVR'd it. She was busy doing cat shit. So I, uh, whatever that shit is, whatever I have cat no things are. Now, yeah, I had many things on my plate yesterday. Yes. Anyway. Okay. So I watched it last night and, and at first I thought, Sarah, Sarah is the one. This girl is fan-fucking-tastic. She's smart, and and she's got a great career, and she's compassionate. Uh, and she's in a unique situation, somewhat. She is uh, She was a television news anchor in San Diego. She left that job to go and care for her father, who was diagnosed with Lou Gehrig's disease, ALS. And her dad was only given up to five years to live. But he's doing great. He's doing much better than the doctors thought he would. And and Sarah cares for this guy as much as she possibly can. And she said it was really, really difficult to come on this show and have this experience with you because I, I felt bad leaving him. But I had to take this chance uh, and see where this went with you and wow, I. Wow, yeah. And, and Matt, the bachelor, who's great, by the way, he seems like a good guy. Yes, he does. Yeah, he is. He, on, on, his, on the season that he was on uh, previous, he was a good guy. Like, he was actually one of those ones you knew were, like, legit good hmm. people. Well, he was, he said, I'm honored that you shared that story with me. And I'm honored that you came here to try and see if we could make this work when you've got that situation happening at home. So it was great. They had a good date. Some hot hot tub shit happened, and I don't know what it was because they cut to commercial, but it looked like fun. And then at the end of the episode, and this is the whole to-be-continued shit, it looked like she was going to pass out. Like she actually left the rose ceremony. Mm. So I don't know if there's some sort of an issue there or what the deal is. We'll have to wait till next week. Maybe she was drunk. I don't know. But she seems like a really good girl. Meanwhile, Victoria and – who's the other one? Victoria and – Oh, uh, um, ma- oh, darn it. I had her name. Yeah, I forget her name now. Starts with an M, no? Meredith or... Meredith. Uh, I think you're right. I think it's Meredith. 
Is it really? Yeah, I think you're right. Okay. So anyway, they they had a little scuffle like the people sometimes do. Guys do it. Girls do it on this show. Yep. They had a little scuffle. But Victoria is such a bitch. Like she's one of those people that you can't argue with because they are so fucking unreasonable. Mm-hmm. It was irritating to watch it. I mean, eventually Matt heard about this drama, probably because Victoria told him. So he went in and he's like, what is going on? Like, let's cancel the fucking drama and just try and have a good time here. So the girl, Meredith, if that is really her name, went back to Victoria and tried to bury the hatchet. Victoria wanted none of it. Listen to this shit. I mean, come on, Kat. How is that girl still here? So stubborn. You know that I, I... I applaud Meredith for even trying, um, and I know because I don't, I didn't see it. Maybe I, I don't know what, whose side I'd be on. I assume it would be the Meredith girl if I had to choose one, even though they both sound not great. But I, when you're that type of person that won't even act like you're listening when someone's trying to have a conversation with you, like you're not even willing to lend an ear or act like you give a shit, like any mollusk, like little bit of a shit, that is so infuriating. Yep. Listen, Victoria started the drama. Then Victoria went to Matt to rat everybody else out about the drama. Then when the other people tried to fix the drama, she turned into even more of a drama queen. This girl should not be on The Bachelor. She should be on like Cops or America's Most Wanted, something like that. Not The Bachelor. And I think that's her endgame. I think she's just trying to to get some of that attention that certain people do that catapults them to to heal fame in the TV land. I think that's her angle. In fact, somebody said to me on Twitter last night, that girl reminds me of someone that you would see as one of the suspects on CSI. (laughs) Just that psychopath (laughs) type thinking, you know, like she's just a real piece of work. Piece of work. And you know, like you had, maybe you've had a moment with that person and you think I'm exhausted. Could you imagine being a big person in that person's life, like having to be around them a lot. You couldn't even fathom it like that kind of a person. Totally. It's fucked up is what it is. I don't know how long she's going to be on this show. I want to say hopefully she's gone soon, but in a way, I kind of like the drama a little bit. Well, that's what the whole point is, uh, is, right? And and, I mean, there's been a lot of exposés on how Bachelor Bachelorette works, but a lot of them all point to producers kind of pushing not telling you to keep them around but if you're matt you know a couple of the producers realize this chick's gold for us in terms of getting people to watch and people love to hate her she's going to be one of those so you might push them and be like look matt just just keep in mind this this girl's really entertaining if you want your season to be successful this chick's pretty entertaining i know you might not like her i know you might not want to marry her but keep her around i bet you that happens I'm sure it does. Yeah, there's a lot of shit that goes on behind the scenes that we probably will never know, but it is interesting. You're right. Uh, Okay, I get that we're low on time. Just one quick story here, just because it happened again. Uh, The sex drive continues to go up, even though we are under a pandemic and lockdowns in many places of the world. And there was another fucking swingers party, like a big one. I can't believe how many of these swingers stories there are. I know. This one happened in Argentina. 20 different couples in Mar del Plata got together at a farm over the weekend for an underground swinger party. Now, obviously, you can't have a swinger party in the middle of a pandemic. Which is why it was way underground, way underground. Right. 
So the cops got called. And, and if you're wondering, well, how did the cops find out about a big swinger party? Ha, here we go. The three people who were organizing it got into a fight while planning it out. Two of them decided to leave the third one out. So the third person said, fuck you guys, and called the cops on them. Wow. That is Queen Cockblock right there. <laughs> well, if I can't the have ultimate. a sw- if I can't get gangbanged, neither are you. I'm calling the cops. So that's where this story takes an interesting twist, though. The police did show up. The problem is, it was a swinger party. People were drinking. They were in various states of undress, performing various sex acts. It's the cops. They thought they were strippers. Yes! I mean, People cool. thought, they honestly thought the cops were there to perform some sort of a strip show to add to the enhancement of, of the, the party that was going on. Have I been bad, officer? Oh, this is fun. He's like, oh, fuck my life. Mm-hmm. One of the cops says a woman pulled him aside and whispered, quote, look at your eyes. You're getting me hot. Oh, no. So the cops... Kind of an awkward position to be in, really. I mean, you kind of look like a cop, but you kind of look like a stripper as well, because there's a lot of strippers that yeah, dress up like, like cops. Yeah, you're like, maybe I should take this as a compliment. No, wait, do your be professional, but yep. fucking right, I could be a stripper if I wanted to, but I'm not. Mm-hmm. So the cops eventually did convince them, um, no, I'm a real cop, this is a real badge, that's a real gun, and you're really under arrest. <laughs> wow. <laughs> they actually didn't arrest them, because... Who wants to cuff the guy with his dick out at a swinger party, right? Oh, that's not good. Yeah, nobody needs to see that. Nobody needs to witness that either. Like, no. So what they did was everybody got a citation or a ticket, and they were told, don't do it again. But let this be a lesson. The next time you're at, like, a bachelorette or something like that, maybe it really is the cops and not a stripper that your friend hired. You never know these days. You ask for ID. Yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine? I, I no, like I'm just trying to figure out again, I'd be so torn if that was me. if I'm the cop and I'm showing up and ah oh, fuck, all right, I'll t- I'll pull this short straw here and I'll show up to this swingers party, get everybody in trouble and knock on the door. You kinda be a mixed reaction of like, Well, thank you. Thank you very much, but nope, fuck off, I'm a cop. <laughs> Seriously, what do you have to do to convince them? They're feeling you up. And they're like, oh, yeah, look at the muscles. I can't wait to see you take that shirt off. And they're like, fuck you. You're going to jail. Yeah, like, that's real an jail. actual gun. Get your hand off of it. <laughs> yeah, I know exactly. you can't use my handcuffs to tie each other up, you sick fucks. Get in the back of the car. <laughs> I don't know why, but when you said you sick fuck. <laughs> And on that, thank you for listening to this edition of After 9. You sick fucks. <laughs>